Balancing Point Podcast. This is episode 60. Welcome to Balancing Point Podcast, where you will experience the captivating world of professional ballet. On this show, you will hear what it takes to make it in the exclusive world. Each guest will share with you their struggles, their I've made it moments, and their advice for success. And ultimately, you will learn what it is really like to live your dream. Join your host, Kimberly Falker, and today's inspiring guests as they take you on a behind-the-scenes journey into ballet. Hello, and welcome back to Balancing Point Podcast. My name is Kimberly Falker, and you are in the right place. Today is part two of my interview with Ask LaCour, who's a principal dancer with the New York City Ballet. And I continue today and then next week to finish off my series on New York City from the ground up. And if you haven't listened to my previous episodes in this series, be sure to do so as I give you interviews with, starting with Michaela Lambert, a full-time student with the School of American Ballet, or SAB, which, uh, which is the official school of the New York City Ballet. And then I present you with two interviews with apprentices, one with Daniela Aldrich and the other with Isabella Lafreniere, and then a surprise interview with Isabella, who shares with us her surprising and exciting news of her promotion from apprentice to official corps de ballet member. All of this, and she still had not even officially graduated high school. And in fact, I think that both Isabella and Michaela just graduated this last week, so congrats to them both. I think it was just yesterday. And then after that, we heard from Lexi Maxwell, who is a native Minnesotan and also a member of the Corps de Ballet. Next up the ranks is Lauren Lovett, and we heard from her, and she's a New York City Ballet soloist. And Lauren was kind enough to spend some time talking with me just minutes before she was to head into a very nerve-wracking rehearsal for a very big debut role in Midsummer Night's Dream. And then yesterday I presented part one of my interview with principal dancer and all-around great guy, Ask LaCour. During our interview yesterday and throughout some of the other dancers' interviews I presented, you've heard the name Peter Martins mentioned. And Ask mentioned it because not only is Peter Danish and Ask knew him, Ask knew him from Denmark, but Peter was really the reason Ask considered moving to New York City years ago to dance with New York City Ballet. So I thought that before we continued, I would provide a little brief history of Peter Martins and his involvement in New York City Ballet. Now, we most typically associate New York City Ballet with George Balanchine and Joan Robbins, which of course is correct. But I think today, Peter Martins is obviously the name behind New York City Ballet, and I think it's important for those who aren't aware of his involvement to kind of learn a little bit about him. So Peter is Danish-born, as I mentioned, and he began his association with New York City Ballet in 1967 when he was invited to dance the title role in George Balanchine's Apollo during the company's appearance at the Edinburgh Festival. Peter then performed as a guest artist with New York City Ballet for three years before joining the company as principal dancer in 1970. And prior to retiring from dance in 1983, in 1981, Mr. Martins was named Ballet Master for the New York City Ballet, a title he shared with George Balanchine, Jerome Robbins, and John Terrace. 
From 1983, following the death of George Balanchine, Peter Martin served as co-ballet master-in-chief with, jo- with Jerome Robbins, then assuming sole artistic directorship of the company in 1989. And in addition to this, uh, Peter Martins is the artistic director and chairman of the faculty of the School of American Ballet, which, as I've mentioned a couple of times, is the official school of the New York City Ballet. So as you've heard over the past few weeks with the various dancers that I've interviewed, not only is Peter Martins obviously extremely involved and in charge of all things New York City Ballet and the repertoire in this season, but he's also got his finger on the pulse of all of the dancers. Oftentimes, Peter Martins is the one that has told the dancers of their promotion, and he also has had a direct influence on who gets asked to stay in the year-round program at School of American Ballet, proving not only that he's completely involved with the future of the company from the school on up. In fact, I hear from dancers from this summer intensive program that Peter Martin stops in to observe each and every class at least once during the summer's five-week session. So to me, this shows such dedication and devotion, both to his role as artistic director, but also to Balanchine and Robin's legacy. So I thought it'd be important for you guys to hear a little bit more about this person and his role in both the School of American Ballet and uh, New York City Ballet. So with that, let's continue with the interview. And today I pick up with Aslacour talking about his move through the ranks at New York City Ballet after he moved here from Denmark. So then after you got here, you were in the Corps, and then kind of tell me a little bit about your move through the rankings. Well, yeah, I was... um I was in the Corps for two and a half years, something like that. And it was, I mean, it was kind of hard because I had already, and in Denmark, I had already built up, you know, a certain rep and, and, and you know, a trust with right. uh, the people that you work with. And then all of a sudden I come to this company where I basically had to start from scratch. And also, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I remember... I had already been a court, uh, in the core there for two years, so this you were like reaching did, your end of that, yeah. Yeah, and so but then I come here, and then all of a sudden I I got paid as a first year dancer. I got I mean it was just there was a lot I had to kind of crawl back up the ladder, I guess, um, to to prove myself. Um, I mean it sounds. <laughs> it's not as hard as it sounds, but it it was it was a little tough in the beginning, just because you thought you had something built up, and then all of a sudden you had to start from um, from the bottom again. So, like, what did you kind of, you know, how did you work through that, or what did you tell yourself to kind of be able to handle that one more time? Um, no, I guess I mean I was just I I was definitely. Um, well, I definitely stood out a lot because of my height, so yeah. I, I, I rarely fit in, you know, big groups of people at the time. Now, I mean, now they have a lot of tall guys, so it would have been more <laughs> appropriate now. But back then, I guess, and also because I because I did dance a little bit differently. Sure. So, yeah, you were trained and, differently. Yeah. So in that sense, I mean, even though I I think that I kept up pretty well with the tempo. Uh, I definitely remember someone telling me 
that a couple of the other dancers were sitting in, um, they were sitting in the auditorium doing a rehearsal um, and saying, okay, let's see if this guy can move as fast as we can, you know, and then apparently I proved them wrong. So that, so that was good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was, I mean, that, that was just like one of those few things that I remember. Was it hard to make friends or were not at know, all? Was it, not at all. No, okay, so that wasn't the problem. I even remembered a lot of the people from, um, I, you know, a lot of us from the Royal Danish would come during the summer and um, and and take a couple of classes with the school with the School of American Ballet. Like through the summer intensive, or yeah. just yeah. So the, okay. that's like the summer program that, that they have here. Okay. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of us would do that, or maybe take a couple of classes with the company as well. You know, so when we were 17, 16, 16 17, 18. And okay. I remember that being also a part of uh, wanting to come here uh, because we, because I already knew what kind of... Uh, um, we have this expression in Danish. It's, it's called like blood on the teeth. And it just means that once you like taste a little bit of it, you want a little bit of... You, uh, you want some more. Got and it. Okay. So, and also just coming back from that to Denmark with this uh, new print of um, from seeing these different dancers, a different way of moving, and I just remember getting uh, really inspired. And were they there when you came back? Did you know some of the people from that? Even a lot of those people that I had seen uh, was there. Stayed like, on. Yeah company so that was really and i remember seeing a school show actually that they did it's the workshop the school of american ballet workshop that they do every year and i think it's the end of may and i remember seeing um andrew rayette who's now a principal oh, right i was seeing daniel albrecht who's also a principal ashley bowder and i remember seeing um, uh, i mean so i just saw all of these people that are now a part i mean i know them very They're well part of your family them. now Exactly, and I and I knew them from uh, very early on. Wow! So that definitely helped a lot. I also, but then again, uh, another reason why it was also a great thing to to come here was because my older brother Nilas was a part of the company. Oh, okay. So I've I've actually never really gone to uh, to spend a lot of time with him because he was always in New York. Uh, so all of a sudden, I had a chance to kind of get to know him a little bit. Um, yeah, so that was. So then, so you did two more years of core, and then you were promoted. I was promoted doing the yeah. I was a gala in two thousand five. I don't remember which one, but I performed um, one of Benjamin Millpier's um, ballets. It's called Double Area, and I did that with Maria Kar- with Maria Karowski. And after the um, after we we go to the gala dinner afterwards and. And Peter came up to me, and at the time I was smoking on the promenade, and so he came <laughs> out, and and he also <laughs> have a cigarette. Anyway, he kind of like told me behind the bushes, uh, oh. like, um, so I want to let you know that you're promoted, and that was kind of how I found out. That's how you found out. That, that, that's how I found out. I would think that'd be kind of fun to have the power of him to be able to figure out like how you're going to tell people things yeah, like I, that. I, you know, you could mess with people, huh? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely going to remember 
remember that. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody's story of, of how they get into different positions is so unique, and it's obviously something that means a ton. It's going to cement in every dancer's brain when they get really amazing opportunities and promotions, but I think it'd be kind of fun to be the director. <laughs> no, sure. I mean, that's one of the... I mean, there's also a lot of... Um, bad things you know uh, being a director but um just just, just of the few the few joys i know for uh, for peter is definitely yeah. to tell people when, when they're promoted when they're getting promoted that's one of the few uh, really joys that he has because uh, otherwise it's always about money and you know and telling people you gotta like step it up or get, get in shape or, i mean it's always it's there's not always a lot of it's more heavy. It's more heavy, exactly. Otherwise. So that's one of the few. <laughs> so then you go from soloist to principal, and what was that transition time frame? Oh, uh, that took that took another seven years, or something. Oh wow! Okay. And and I've heard that soloist is kind of a tough position to be in because you're kind of in the middle, or is that not stuck true? in the middle? Uh, even though I have to say, it in in City Ballet, soloists don't really do a lot of core work, which they will will do a lot of other places. So it's like, you, but you can so you can do all three. You can do core stuff. You can do soloist stuff, and then you can also do the big leads. Uh, yeah, if you say so. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the audience is looking at them differently than they would other dancers, right? Or or the critics or whomever that's the ones that are bringing the money they in. Be, they can be a little bit more rough on you. I mean, we all try to do it to our, uh, the best of our ability. So, well, that's true. I I never heard of a ballet dancer saying I'm just going to take a night and be casual. You know? Sometimes it helps actually because it, it takes a lot of pressure off. <laughs> no, but it, it, I mean that took a while and um, a couple of reasons I think. Well, I mean, and I never even thought that I was going to get promoted after that because it had just been so long. So some people never ever yeah. get promoted, right? And well, it's all about it's. I mean, it's all about timing as well. I mean, obviously, it is talent and to technique. And but I had I had a major injury that really set me back a lot um, with my ankle, my my left ankle. Um, was it a slow going or was it one moment? It was just one that moment. Happened? One moment where I had four two and a half ligaments in my left ankle, and I had a reconstructive surgery, which was fine. But all of a sudden, you know, the the, the foot sits in a different place, and I had a all of a sudden I had an extra bone, uh, in my heel, the ostrogonum, uh, that was sitting there and digging into my Achilles, and I just I could never point my. I mean, it was a disaster. So, pretty much for two and a half. Two and a half years, I I was in and out of the theater, just um, and I could just, and I never felt that I could do anything to my the best of my ability. So how do you get through that? I mean, what do you do to persevere? Do you you know? Because many people would probably say forget it. Yeah, that's that's true. But I also did at one point. I I mean, I was considering stopping, but then at one point I said, you know what? I I I don't. I I refuse to accept this uh, um, 
the, this way of moving around with constant pain and waking up feeling like I was 80. So how'd you fix it? Well, I I told the doctor that I needed an, or he probably said I needed an MRI because I said I just had this constant pain and it's one moment is there and the, and the next it's gone and I can just never tell whether I can go for it or not. And so basically they went in, they did a scan and obviously they found out that I had that extra bone that because of my first surgery uh, was sitting in a different place and kind of just messing everything up. I had a lot of scar tissue and bad fluid. So yeah, I mean, it's a long story. But anyway, I had that removed and ever since that, then I've actually had, uh, I've had no angle issues. So you had two surgeries then? Two surgeries. And the second one was just kind of going in cleaning and getting rid of and that. And that totally fixed it. That totally fixed it. All my pain that I had been dealing with for two years. and, and Can you imagine if you had quit how you would have felt? No. I mean, and even we have great uh, physical therapy and everything, but it, just, but, but, but it was just never enough. And then actually going in to do that. I mean, I don't always recommend doing surgeries, but that was definitely worth it for me to do because it definitely eliminated all my or a lot of my issues. I mean, I've never had the complete flexibility in my foot ever since, but that's just something you had to work around. But at least you don't have pain. Yeah, no, no, no. Exactly. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, so it just took a long, and I, I remember at times that people thought that I had lost interest in dancing and or I didn't show a lot of interest when I was attending rehearsals or performances. But I think if you're in pain, your your brain is always going there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of like a bad circle, you know, it's like credit card. Right, because you don't want to talk about it because that would also put you in a bad position if you're talking about that. Yeah, and then and then you get you know you get sad that you don't get certain roles or that they don't cast you in certain ballets. How do you how do you like prevent that? You know, even to this day, when you're disappointed, how do you not let that affect or or show up during rehearsals? Or you know, what does what did what do dancers tell themselves when they're dealing with kind of that push and pull of confidence. Well, that's uh, that's a really good question. I mean, I just, I mean, I've always been positive. I've always uh, the, the, there's a reason for everything, um, which is the, that's my way of looking at it. And I trust. I mean, I trust the director's decision. And if he didn't see any interest from from my side, or or I mean, it's like I mean, it's like a game. It's it's politics. It's a game. You got to be a part of the game. And, and also play it right now. If you and I would think that it'd be the same. Like if you got this really brilliant role, it'd be hard not to get cocky. You know, like you have to keep yourself both from a high and a low standpoint somehow yeah. grounded. You know, because if you get too full of yourself when you get it good, then yeah. you're going to be taking I mean, a huge fall when you don't. I mean, for me, get it's <laughs> I um, I once got a. Um, um, it was like a, a merit card, you know, because I was doing a new ballet, and it kind of said, it kind of said, "Remember, remember, it's just ballet," and that has always stuck with me. Even though I know it's important what we do, or at least I like to think so, uh, then it is just ballet. I mean, if if something goes wrong, and God forbid it does, then 
you know, it's just bad. I mean, we're not dealing with people's lives here. You know, this is not a, a heart transplant. And, you know, that, that applies in so much, even, you know, outside of maybe saving lives. But most people's positions in life, it can become so all-consuming that you think that it's yeah, I think, I mean, everything. And, and it's you know, but I remember one of my um, friend's daughter's, who's a trainee this year, and um, she was actually the one that was going to be my co-host yesterday. But um, so she's doing online school, and so she, um, they were trying to decide what to do, and I remember one of their friends said, well, just remember you're one injury away from being a normal person, <laughs> you know, because it's like, because, <laughs> it, you know, it's like just don't put all your eggs yeah, yeah, into yeah. too big yeah. of one basket because if you – Kind of like what we talked about earlier. You always want to have a, somehow a balance, which you yeah. know I don't. I don't get a feeling that this the world that you're in is always easy. No, it's not. But then you definitely also have to just remember that it is a very unique profession to to have, and sometimes you need to just stop up and just look at where you are and what you have accomplished and you know so i'm i mean i'm a part of one of the biggest companies in the world and and just for that i had to i'm i'm very proud of that but i but i often forget i mean how long i have come and and what i'm doing so i just always want to try to remember to put that into consideration so like you know after you're promoted or even through all this, I mean, it seems as if I'm, I might be wrong, but you know, with some of the accolades of being a principal in, again, one of the most prestigious companies in the world, do you have a little bit of the star quality? I mean, do people recognize you on the street or do you have some of that um, recognizability? I, I don't know, but it definitely has a better ring to it when you say you're a principal dancer with the New York City Valley. Um, I, I mean, Heck, I yeah, take no, core. That's what I mean, it's <laughs> I, but, but every level is 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 very unique, and and I have to say that all the dancers in in our company are um, amazing dancers. But like, do you ever walk down the street and have somebody just random come up and ask if it's if you're who um, you are or I mean, for your autograph happened, or anything it like might that? Might have happened a couple of times, but I mean, it's more if you go out to events and the you know, I mean, yeah. it's like, a like you're with the company. Yeah, yeah. So, but but it, I mean, I mean, it doesn't even matter because if you just say if you go out, let's say it's a business meeting about some random uh, building, I don't, I don't know, and you say, this is Ask Lacour, and he's a principal dancer with the New York. City Valley, then that already has a ring, a ring to it, and because people know New York City, they know that the New York City Valley is a part of you know the right. that's uh, the city, and and then principal, it already you know it's like the principal of the school. I mean, it's yeah, so it definitely helps. I'm not saying that <laughs> there's nothing. Well, I mean, I've got uh, yeah, I've got a couple of friends that have like. A level of fame where they um, get perks, like when they go to a restaurant or a hotel, you know. And I always think that'd be kind of a fun little, you know, it's yeah side I mean, perk. <laughs> you know? See, I'm not, see, I'm not not that kind of person. I don't no, uh, no. I'm, I'm still <laughs> down to earth. I'm uh, normal. I mean, I know that people get better seats on plane ticket uh, on on flights, you know, because they say they have they have a performance, they have a gallery. Uh, okay. I mean, I try to pull the card just saying that I'm tall. 
I don't say necessarily that I'm da uh, a dancer. I just say I have long legs. Right. <laughs> and I would think that, like, you know, for instance, with your um, project with Dave, David Fernandez, that that's when you want to pull out who you are card because then you're trying to get some support or promotions or other help. You know, that's when it would work well. Definitely. And, yeah, I mean, so you, so you definitely have a, uh, some connections, you know, through, through the field that we're – working in but that would almost be any dance well that would be or that'd be any profession if you have connections you use them if you can use them to do good sure. then that's good advantage yeah no for sure so what do you do now like you know kind of as it's such a grueling daily physicality how how do you kind of keep up with your stamina uh well i i mean I this last month I I haven't really been doing a lot of gym stuff because I was working on that project with uh, David. So I, I I mean I didn't get out of shape because I was still rehearsing all day. But I uh, I have to be honest and say I did not take enough classes and I did not go to the gym enough. But I was uh, so in a in a regular day of ballet you also go to the gym on top of that. Well, I I mostly do that because of my back, because uh, I've had some back issues. Um, I have a very long torso, so that definitely, if I don't keep that um, up to date, then just I mean, just with exercises and. So you can tell a difference, like when you go into the studio and start like working with a partner or something. You can tell if you should have gone to the gym. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's. <laughs> It's just, I mean, I just like to go to the gym to swim. That That's my biggest. So with with partnering, I've always found it fascinating. I can't imagine being the guy because you have to kind of anticipate things all the time. So they always speak of like chemistry. Is that really true that there are certain dancers that you jive with differently? No, I mean, but the, like you said, there are definitely people where you, <laughs> that you jive better, you know, have a better, but um no, but as long as you just make sure you rehearse things enough, and it's all about, um, for me, it's all about timing, right. timing and technique. I mean, you can, you, I mean, obviously you have to be strong and know these things, but it um, it really helps when you're together, you know, so the musicality and all that stuff is, is a big part of it. So if you had that figured out, then you're good to go. <laughs> But the, do you, I mean, in your opinion, does do the directors typically do a pretty good job of reading who will be a good combo? Oh yeah, I mean, definitely. It's also, I mean, with proportions and stuff like that. Obviously, I get a lot of the the taller girls uh, just because I am one of the tallest. Yeah, and so therefore, that's you know, it kind of just, I mean, makes sense. Uh, but actually, uh, funny story. Today, I had I had rehearsal for uh, Who Cares, also a, a ballet by Mr. Balanchine, and and um, I'm actually doing a part of it with Megan Fairchild, who you and know. She's teeny. And she's teeny, but we but we have a lot of fun because it's uh, it's very new. We we never really get to partner a lot together. Um, so that was a very unusual experience today, but it will be fun when we get to do that. <laughs> you can probably throw her really high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I have to bend down like a lot to, <laughs> to get to her waist. 
How is that? Um, I, you know, I know I've mentioned it to you before, but I just love that tribute to the 9-11 that you got to do. Is that kind of an honor or was that, how's that? You know what? That's funny. Um, I, cause it didn't really, um, I didn't really realize how big it was till after the fact. Was it cold? It, or no, it was I, summertime. It was not, I mean, it was not warm either. <laughs> and it was really windy and it was, yeah, really it looked really windy. Throw, and it had just rained as well. Um, no, it was fine. It was, it was not really bad at all. Um, but it was, we didn't really get the, the notice till I think it was three days before that oh, shoot wow. that they had found this location. They wanted to do this, the tribute to 9-11 and City Ballet. And, and <laughs> I just remember saying, God damn it, because... Because I um, this was in the rehearsal period, and we still had another two weeks of rehearsal period left, I think, before um, our, our season started. And I kind of just needed that to throw off the last couple of pounds uh, around my waist. Oh, no. You know how that did. <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> so, and I had to be out there with no shirt on. No but anyway, you know what? It just shows that I'm a normal person, I guess. Oh, that's awesome. You know? <laughs> that's not what I expected you to say. I know. But I mean, it was... But I love that you say that because that's how I mean, many of us think. Because this is who I am. And... <laughs> no, but it was definitely an honor. Um, and, and, but it was not after, to after the fact that I really realized how, how amazing it had been to be uh, a part of that. Yeah, I just, it was really, really pretty. I know they've done it, or that's been done before in San Francisco, right? Yeah. And the, yours was a shorter version of the It right was a lot cinema. shorter. That, but it was very moving. Yeah. No, they, I mean, they did an amazing job with everything. I mean, and we and we filmed it uh, maybe f- five times, I think. Oh, really? And you had to work against the sunlight coming up, right? Because uh, it was like just at no, dawn or something, right? behind us, actually, from... Oh, okay. Uh, left side. So if you see the, yeah. Where were you guys? We were on, uh, I think it was World Trade Center 4, if I remember correctly. And then it was on the 57th uh, floor. <laughs> you were high up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were high up there. And I remember just stepping out there the first day, uh, the day before when we were rehearsing and kind of got a little bit of that. Vertigo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to jump. <laughs> I mean, there was not butterflies in my stomach, but I definitely had this. No, it was, it was, it was very uh, spectacular. So. so my largest audience is aspiring dancers. And, you know, so many of them really hope to become professional. But, you know, just in the process of trying to get into summer intensives or even companies, what would you say would be kind of your advice on auditions? I mean, I think, I mean, it's, it's such a... Cliche, but it's just how people always say: just never give up and really, and really believe in 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 yourself and that, that that you can do it. I mean, we all have different, we all have different uh, talents and strengths and weaknesses. So I think just I mean, know your weaknesses and your strengths, and and kind of learn how to work around that and and make the weaknesses better obviously always and then the strengths too i mean everything can always get better perfect you know that's what we're striving for but um i would just say go for it 
And if you get turned down, yeah, just, just, just keep going for it because there's always there's a place for everyone. Well, yeah, I, I like that advice, and I've heard that from almost everybody I've talked to is that, you know, don't just assume that what you think is the right fit is the right fit because there are there's so many different ways to get it done. Yeah. And, uh, no, it's just, it's just like, and the grass is always green on the other side. <laughs> they say that too, know, right? which is not, I mean, it's... <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I hear you talk about the city. I'm like, well, I'm out in the country and I wouldn't mind the city. <laughs> I can see a cow. Yeah. <laughs> but I do want to um, get a little bit of the recap of um, your event with some dance company. How was that night? Oh, that was great. I mean, I was, um, it was a lot of work and I uh, got a, uh, it was a, a newfound respect for what really goes into to creating yeah an event like that that's it's it's really um i take my hat i mean i kind of had an idea but i really take my hat off for those people uh, um behind these things and and especially when it comes to art in general because it's it's i mean it's all sometimes it's hard to see why we're doing it but you have people that are so passionate about it and and obviously here, money is such a big, you know, issue. So it's, I mean, it's a totally different game. But I mean, the night was very successful, and everyone that has um, uh, backed it up, money-wise, or you know, spending their time off um, making it. Public. I mean, it was just amazing how people get together to make this work. I'm, I, yeah, that was an. Incredible experience, and I'm forever grateful for everyone that has been involved. Are you guys going to do it more frequently, or, or? I don't think it will be more frequently. I mean, it might become like a, a yearly thing, but um, but this was just, you know, this was the second time that David had done it, and he, I, I kind of got, I mean, not dragged into it, but all of a sudden, I just, he just wrote my name down as a co-producer, and I said, "What the hell." Why not? And That's a smart way to do it, David. Yeah, no, not bad. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to try that one. No, but he's a good friend. So. Oh, I know, but that's that's even better. Yeah. No, it is. It's just all of a sudden it appeared in the paper. <laughs> if you're printed up, then you're there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I know um, one of the um, people that follows me on Twitter, or we interact on Twitter, was at the event and wanted me to ask whether or not... Um, you guys had any really great rehearsal stories with the Venturian men or were rehearsals more serious? Because he just figures that probably with the three of you guys, it can't be too serious. Uh, it's really funny. And I, I mean, we all take it very serious, but there's definitely, I mean, we know each other so well. Well, that's what I was thinking. You're like family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, we knew we did not really have a lot of rehearsals together. And we did not have a lot of time, but also we knew that it's it's kind of the, the New York City Ballet style, how a lot of things just get pulled together last minute. Uh, and that's that was the formula that we were going by. Um, and you guys have danced it before, so it's not like learning it from scratch. Yeah, no, no. I mean, we, I, mean, I don't remember. Maybe, maybe we had four rehearsals, I think. You know, so a little bit, a week and a half before. And I've always wondered this, I, you know, um, it, when I was an undergrad, I was in a circus, so I 
we did a lot of like joking around that the audience couldn't see or hear. Do you guys talk throughout the dance? Like- uh, I mean, not in this dance, but we definitely have moments in rehearsals. I mean, we had there was one of the last rehearsals where uh, most of the sound dance company, uh, the dancers were there. And I mean, the floor was also extremely slippery in the studio, but actually also on stage as well. Um, so we had to kind of. Um, wing a couple of things uh not so much in the show but it was more in the studio and we we definitely had some moments some in some some inside jokes you know it's, i mean it's not really talking but just looking at each other and we already knew what the other guy was thinking you know <laughs> yeah i mean it was no it it wasn't that serious but obviously when, when it comes down to it we we do want to deliver a professional product well for sure yeah so then I'll just go ahead and um, wrap up with my three final tr- questions that I always ask my guests. And um, the first one is, if you could go back to your 13-year-old self with the wisdom, confidence, and lessons that you learned along the way, what advice would you give to yourself? Damn. <laughs> wow. Um, you, you, Yeah, I, I guess the one thing that I would say was to... Uh, like I said before, go uh, go for it. I say that there's a lot of times when you're that age, you're really insecure if it's with ballets or if it's about the ladies and all that. I mean, it's there's a lot of things that are are not being that 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 you never knew if it could have been, and it's with, with the ballet or anything outside. That's just most ways. Just that you know, it, I mean, it's better to try it one too many times than not at all. And, and look back and regret it. So in that sense, though I am gonna till till when I someday you know 80 and I'm not gonna be here anymore, then I'm not gonna regret anything. But I definitely would say there are moments in life where say just go for it because you can't. You're not gonna lose anything by doing that. That that I think would be my my one advice. Well, with the same kind of uh, confidence and lessons that you knew from your life lived, what advice would you give to aspiring dancers that hope for a career today? I would, I would say it's, it's uh, 10% talent, 90% work. That's perfect. <laughs> no, and that's actually, that's actually a quote from uh, a Danish, Danish ballerina, um, back in the um, uh, uh, Tony Lenda was her name and she was one of the few really um, international Danish female ballerinas that ever really reached outside of the the borders and she said that it was 10% talent and 90% work and and I would think that that would be really comforting to a lot of aspiring dancers who Assume huh. that oh gosh, if I wasn't born with it, then I'm yeah, yeah. screwed. Yeah, no, I've seen a lot of people. Uh, I mean, really make huge differences just with the amount of work that they put, 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 uh, that they put into it. And then I've seen other dancers with all the talent in the world and not really giving you know two dimes about yeah. it. Yeah, and you know that actually applies in life across the board. Yeah. 
And then the final question I do ask is, um, and it might be the same, is uh, I like to end with a favorite quote. A favorite quote? Um, I'm trying to look around my apartment. <laughs> you can use the 10% talent yeah, one. <laughs> I mean, that's a good one. Um, do you have quotes hanging everywhere? No, I, was just, I was just looking at my fridge, and I have, I have one um, from my sister. And it says, it says, um, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, siblings by, by coincidence, friends by, uh, by choice. <laughs> that's a little, uh, but that's not really what I wanted to, to bring the table. I guess, I mean, I guess the 10% talent and, uh, yeah, we'll stick with that one. Stick with that one. <laughs> I think that's better. Yeah, no, I'm not big on the the quotes. I mean, I love when other people have it. I just no, I, that's fine. I, but I like having a little quotable from the guests so that I can put that in writing somewhere. <laughs> Give you more credit. <laughs> As the course says. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do what I do. You know what? The one thing, no, then, uh, but the one quote you can say from me is that I always say to people, just imagine. I always say, just imagine. And it's, I mean, it's kind of like Nike saying, yeah, yeah, just do it. Just do it. And it actually came from if I would do a, a really good double tour in class or do f five turns and stay balanced. And people were like, not bad. And then, then I would always say, just imagine, and then it was, and it kind of meant just imagine if I really pulled it together. I mean, if I really put all my time and effort, what I could be, and so I always joke around like that. Yeah, so just say just imagine. That's uh, that would be my. Question. I like that. You like that better than the siblings one. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Ask. I really, really appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for doing this, and thanks for, uh, yeah, uh, all of me postponing this, like, buses and suits. You like another suit? It's <laughs> <laughs> because I just bought the first tuxedo. You so did? I was really, I've been going to galas for 10 years. Actually, and you, now you're probably going to, like, retire tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I've had black jackets and pants, but but this is, like, the real thing, and I have a bow tie I'm really proud of it. I had to pay a lot of money, but this is definitely a future investment. And I'm I'm trying to. My one rule is that I'm never gonna have it altered. Well, I was so, just gonna say the best thing about a tuxedo for a male is it keeps you in check physically. No, exactly. You know? So that's it's what true. I'm to I was like, I I do not want to get out of this. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> And on that note, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today. All right. Thank you so much. And thanks for everything you've done for me and the ballet community. All right. So we'll talk soon. And thanks everyone again for tuning in to Balancing Point Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's show. On Monday, I'll pick up with the last of my series on New York City Ballet with a two-part interview with Tyler Peck and Robbie Fairchild, both principal dancers with New York City Ballet and also an engaged couple who are very actively preparing for their wedding, which is in only a few weeks. 
We'll talk a little bit about their wedding plans as well as everything that they've done uh, to get to where they are thus far in their dance career. And don't forget that if you want a chance to win a signed pair of point shoes from Megan Fairchild, principal dancer with New New York City Ballet and Robbie's big sister, Shoot me an email at balancingpoint at gmail.com. Give me your name and your favorite podcast episode so far, and I'll be uh, drawing the winner out of a hat on June 27th. I look forward to hearing from you, and until the next show, have a great day. <laughs>